You're listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 47. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over-drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about a very innocent sounding expression, which is I just like the taste. Now, I hear this time and again from people when I ask them why they drink. And you need to remember, these are people who are coming to me seeking help in changing their relationship with alcohol. And they tell me, yeah, Anna, I really want to you know, drink less or stop drinking, but it's really hard because I just like the taste. So if that's you, listen up. So the first thing I want to offer here is that while you might enjoy alcohol now, you probably didn't to start with, right? It probably was an acquired taste in those early days. And I know certainly that was me. I used to not understand at all what the fuss was about and why people used to rave about why alcohol was so delicious. Recognising this factor that you didn't innately love alcohol and that you actually had to work to acquire a taste for it is going to impact your ability to change the habit. And this is really super important for those of you out there who identify with loving drinking or loving a certain drink. Right? That was certainly me back in the day, me and French Chablis, match made in heaven, I used to think. Or if you've ever had a thoughts like, I only drink the good stuff, right? It's even more important for you to understand why you acquired a taste for it if you want to start going about changing your relationship with your drinking. Because we go around saying things like, well, I've always loved it. And yet we don't question these thoughts. But going around saying things like this is only going to make it harder for you to make changes. Because it's almost as though you're going to have to battle with yourself, right? That you love, you tell yourself you just like the taste, but you don't want to think that you really like the taste because you know that's holding you back. So one way of thinking about this is is really to step back and say alcohol is not evil. It really isn't. It's just liquid. It's just something you drink, right? And you like it. The reason you like it is because you taught yourself to like it. That's why it's an acquired taste. There was some learning involved. Now, whether you did that consciously with intent or whether it just snuck up on you because you did it enough, you drank enough that you've just acquired the taste, is really kind of irrelevant. The key point here is that you acquired the taste through repeated exposure. Through repeated exposure to alcohol by drinking and drinking and drinking over the months and over the years, that's how you acquired your taste. Now, not all tastes are created equal. Right. So we talk about alcohol as being an acquired taste and perhaps you can think of other things in your life similar. I mean, I for me, it was olives. I often talk about going to parties and there would be wine and there would be olives and I didn't much care for olives, but I would get hungry. So I, I pretty much just decided I was going to like olives. And the way I managed to do that was through repeated exposure. And I did that with intent. And obviously olives are not the same as alcohol. But it's another way to show that that was not an innate taste I had. I didn't innately like olives and yet I managed to acquire a taste for them. So let's pause for a moment and look at what an innate taste is. 
these are things that just taste good from the outset, right? From the very first sip or the very, very first bite, whatever it is, whatever the experience is, you just enjoy it. And when it comes to consuming things, typically uh, sweet things uh, are what we innately like. And this is all to do with survival, right? It's back to that survival instinct that we have that our brains are uh, run by. And there is research that's been done on how babies actually prefer sweet things. And any of you parents out there may relate to this. I know I certainly remember when my children were young, they always preferred the sweet things, right? So we puree up the fruit and we puree up the vegetables and they always, always, always preferred uh, things like the apple and the pear and actually carrots as well. Although, of course, carrots are typically quite sweet. And so we, we move towards sweet. This is inbuilt for survival because it's to do with energy that we see we're going to get energy for. It. And of course, energy is, is relevant and needed for survival. So it's no wonder that when teenagers first start drinking, they tend to drink you know, sickly sweet things. I remember I used to drink lager, but with a splash of lime in it or shandy. Right? Shandy was the other way. Lager. So some beer with lemonade or cider from the country cider was a big one and it's it's really quite sweet so that explains almost like the act of drinking right and why we tend to uh, veer towards those sweeter drinks when we first start because other alcohols can taste rather bitter but there's so much more involved than just the sweetness that's going on it's more about what the brain is learning when you drink something now, if all the brain was learning was that it doesn't taste good, that, you know, you almost gagged maybe because it was a little bit bitter or you burned your throat, you know, some of those um, I remember vodka re tasting quite abrasive rather on my throat. Right. If it really had all those just those negative consequences because you're learning, right, because it takes time to learn to like the taste, there would be no reason to repeat the experience. But the brain isn't just learning about this, right? The brain is also learning what it means to be someone who drinks or doesn't drink in our society. It's learning how you fit in with all of that. It's learning how you react when you drink. How if you tend to be a shy person, you're going to probably feel more confident around other people if you've had a couple of drinks. How you might just be able to switch off after a tough day, right? If you have some drinks. The brain's learning how it feels for you to reward yourself. And it's that sense of reward that's really so critical. It's the thing that keeps you drinking. So those are all the things that the brain is learning and basically means that you, you continue to repeat the initial experience. But why did you want to acquire a taste for drinking in the first place, right? Let's step even further back. Because if you didn't want to, you wouldn't have done it right? Simple as that. You would have said no, thank you very much. And you'd have been done with it. And um, if you look at this, actually, there are many things in your life that you've eaten or tried and said, nope, right? That's not for me. I'm not going to give it another go. So, you know, for me, it's been going on a roller coaster, done it a couple of times. Not for me. Thank you very much. Ice cream. Now, ice cream is something people absolutely tend to love. I, I really just don't see the point of ice cream. I really, it just, to me, isn't, there's nothing about it apart from empty calories. It's really easy to not eat it, right? And so I don't continue, because I don't continue to, I don't get any reward from eating. It doesn't see any reward. 
I don't continue to repeat the experience. Another thing is praline chocolates. <laughs> really can't stand, especially the more expensive, the less I like them. Yeah, I'm a very cheap date on that. So why is this, right? Well, it's actually really simple. When you think about alcohol, the more you drink, the more you learned to like the perceived benefits. So the taste that isn't innate, that isn't enjoyable, starts to become more enjoyable because of the perceived benefits, right? It was a way to be more outgoing, to feel not so awkward in social situations. And then it was a way to stop feeling so stressed at the end of a hard day's work, right? Your brain likes these benefits. So as I was seeking these benefits, I was acquiring my taste to drink. My taste for something that doesn't innately taste good. And I really actually had to work at it when I think back. And maybe that applies to you too. I mean, I remember that it started out as it was seen as a thing to do. I mean, you, you, know, you just go to a party and you drink. That's what adults used to do. And as a young teacher, young teenager, you used to look towards the birthday when you could legally go to the pub and have a drink. Right? It was kind of seen as a rite of passage. But really... What was the initial reaction to drinking alcohol? Inevitably, a lot of scrunching up of the nose and pulling away and sort of, you know, what is what is this all about? It's certainly not heaven from the first sip. And think about that. We actually continue to do that throughout our drinking lives. So we tend to veer towards one drink or another. If, we, if we're learning, and I delight about learning, we're learning a new drink, um, and then we like to fancy that up, right? We're saying, well, we, you know, we need to learn to like these things that are a bit more, you know, single malts and things, right? You, there's, there's some training involved in order for you to really appreciate the taste. Uh, but really what we're doing is we're going through this learning process and it may not always just taste so good from the outset. Like I say, I used to drink lager and lime and then I got interested in brandy of all things. I was about 19 at the time, I think. I used to really try to like brandy and I use the word try advisedly, right? I just, there was something about it, the ritual. I loved the glass. I loved the warming it up. I used to hang out with, with a family and they used to, the older members of the family used to drink brandy and they would do this whole thing, you know, swilling the brandy around the, around the glass bowl and it was just, you know, mm. and I was young at the time and I felt so sophisticated when I joined in with this. <laughs> But I could never really enjoy it. It was always a challenge. But I kept on going, right? And why did I keep on going? As I said just now, because of the perceived benefits, right? I was seeking out the floaty experience. I was seeking out the buzz. I was seeking out the experience of feeling sophisticated. And I knew what I was doing. Seeking out the feeling of being elegant. Pay attention to this. Whatever that shows up, however that shows up for you, pay attention to the reason that's specific for you. Because if you want to stop drinking or you want to drink less, you're going to need to, or any, any way of changing your relationship with alcohol, you're going to need to understand why it was that you acquired the taste for drinking in the first place, right? Why did you put in the work? Probably was work. Why did you put in the effort? And in this, I, I just want to segue here a little to say that your words matter, right? You're going to need to stop saying, oh, I just love to drink. I just always have. Hold yourself to account on this, right? Start to be really curious and start to consider that this hasn't always been the case, especially if you say, I've always just liked it. I like white wine. I've always liked white wine. No, it, you didn't, most likely. 
I can't speak for everybody, but most likely because it was not an innate taste that you have. It was something you probably learned through some kind of gateway drink, right? As I said earlier, something sweet, or maybe it was through some social situation you were in and you felt that you know the drink aided your interaction with that social situation. Well, take yourself back there. What was it? Why was it worth it to you to acquire the taste of something that initially could make you wrinkle your nose that initially you couldn't stand. What was in it for you? Do you even know? Now, you may want to pause this podcast and just really quiz yourself. And of course, if you're driving or you're jogging, probably isn't possible, probably not a good idea. But really take yourself back there and try and figure out what was it about, what what were you seeking that you found could be, was, was the benefit that you were getting from alcohol? So important. Until you understand that, you're not going to be able to understand how alcohol is helping you now. What benefit is offering you now? And for all those who say, no, 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 I really want to stop and there's no benefits. You know, really quiz yourself on that. You are you are continuing with this for a reason. And you started out teaching yourself to acquire this for a reason. Is that the same reason? Has it changed? Right. And until you know this, you're going to stay in this place of, well, I just really like wine. Right. That's going to be your story ad infinitum. And this is where I see so many people get frustrated. And it's actually where I was stuck for so long. I would say I just really like French Chablis. Right. Like it was a fact you could read in an encyclopedia. And I would buy it Chablis like I bought potatoes. It was just part of you know, the weekly shop. It was just part of what I consumed. It was so habitualized. And I didn't ever really question why. And Really, when I started to do that, that's when everything started to shift. So until you start asking yourself these questions, you're not going to get to the root of the matter as to why it was that you wanted to acquire that taste and how it is that you went about doing that. So really just be curious with yourself. Please don't get frustrated or judge yourself or why on earth was I so silly? Why did I do that? None of that. Just be really inquisitive because when you can start to answer these questions, you can start to understand why it was important for you to develop this relationship, why it was important for you to acquire this taste and what you believe the perceived benefits were. And if you still agree with those perceived benefits today, deep down, even if you maybe wouldn't admit it, right, that you, 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 you do like it in social situations because you are painfully shy. Right? You might not want to admit that to colleagues in the office who see you as this gregarious, outgoing person. But you could admit it to yourself. And the follow-on reason why this is really important is that if you don't learn... So you need to understand what you're getting, what perceived benefits you're getting from the alcohol so that you can then learn to get those perceived benefits elsewhere, from elsewhere in your life and not wine. Because if you try to stop drinking or even just cut back, right? Even try and moderate without understanding this piece of the puzzle, without understanding what it is you're getting from the alcohol, the perceived benefit. And I use the word perceived there advisedly. You're always going to feel like you're missing out. And this is why so many people who start to cut back their drinking find themselves nibbling snacks more or maybe going shopping, right? They're basically just replacing alcohol with something else because they're missing the reward they're missing the whatever it is that perceived benefit that they had attributed to the wine they're trying to get a new reward they're trying to replace the reward 
So really be curious with yourself on this front. Why is it that you wanted to acquire a taste for alcohol? How did you go about doing it? And what are you telling yourself about your taste for alcohol now? What words are you using? What are you telling yourself about your relationship with alcohol now and why you continue to drink? It's going to be so important for you to really start to look at the habit from a different light. It's fascinating. Now, this is something I've actually been doing throughout October. I've been going live on the 90 Days Later Facebook page and on my 90dayslater.co Instagram page. I've been taking a look at, different look at things we just say about alcohol. Right? All the, I've, I've been uh, framing it as reasons to be cheerful because when we think about giving up alcohol, we think everything's going to be so dreary. And yet, if we flip the argument and look at what we're gaining, it's it's quite fascinating and amazing. So that's my podcast over for this week. But if you want to spend some time exploring how what I've been saying today applies directly and specifically in your life so that you can start changing your relationship with alcohol, well, let's chat. You know who you are you know you deserve this, right? We're moving into the party season here. We've got Halloween coming up and for my American friends, Thanksgiving, and then we have Christmas and New Year and so on. And this is a really, really fabulous time to start to reevaluate and take action towards changing your drinking. If this is something you have been worrying about, it really is time to start living and stop worrying what's in your glass. You can book a call with me by going to 90dayslater.co and at the top of the page there's a big blue button, book a call. Go ahead and do that. Otherwise, if you love my podcast, if you they're making sense and you're making progress, please share them with a friend and please give me a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you use because that will help other people get this help too because my podcast I see is, is my free offering. I want to help as many people as possible. I couldn't help all the people who listen to this in my one-on-one calendar even if we all agreed we wanted to do that so as the wider reach I get through this the better okay that's it for this week and I'll see you next time if you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol let's talk I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.